you're listening to the Casual Swinger Podcast. As your hosts, we need to warn you that the material you're about to hear may be sexual or explicit in nature. This podcast is intended for an adult audience. Now, we don't expect you to act like adults. What's the fun in that? We're a married couple living in Florida with over 13 years of experience in the lifestyle, and we take almost nothing seriously. Casual Swinger is a variety show, meaning we'll cover everything from music to events, travel, and even the occasional hilarious screw-up. Our show is about entertainment. We're not licensed professionals. Not anything. And our stories, commentary, and guidance should not be confused with the opinions of a licensed professional. Now that you know, let's take those pants off and get comfy. All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Casual Swinger. My name is Mickey. And I'm your other co-host, Mallory. Uh, I think you're really the star. As a matter of fact, for this episode, you are the star <laughs> attraction. Yeah, I'm going to put myself out there. Yeah, a little bit. So usually it's me throwing myself on the sword here, folks, but Mallory is throwing herself on the actual sword, the figurative sword, the pork sword. The more metaphorical sword? The metaphorical sword. Okay. I don't know. It's whatever you call it. But this episode's called Hot Wife Hardship. It's not me. It's definitely you. Or is it? <laughs> or is it? I don't know whose fucking fault it is. We're going to talk about it a little bit. What are we talking about? We're talking about the fact that by definition, something should be hard in hot wifing, but not this hard. So today's all about the beautiful Mallory and her experiences as she travels the hot wife road and some of the not so awesome experience. However, we'll get to that in a few. Yeah, we'll get yeah. to that in a few minutes. Let's talk about what's new. Mallory, you want to tell these folks what the hell we got going on in the last two weeks since they talked to us last? Yeah, well, I mean, for anyone who listens the second this is released, happy Halloween. Um, oh, yeah. I <laughs> hope everyone had a great weekend. It was a huge swinger holiday, right? Uh, it's swinger Christmas. It That's what Halloween literally, was. Literally, yeah. So I've, I've seen a ton of pictures from, like, Halloween get-togethers, takeovers, parties. I hope everyone had a fun and safe uh, event, holiday, yeah. Well, you know, I mean, now it's, I guess you guys are listening to this. It's sometime in November. So uh, let's just go on with the Thanksgiving, on with the turkey. I think he just said cockadoodle. I don't know. <laughs> it was the most excited turkey that sound effect I could find. So, <laughs> and he turkey. just like gobble, gobble. <laughs> Gobbles. Gobble, gobble, gobble. I love That's one of my favorite South Park episodes. Gobbles is the Gobbles. best turkey ever. Yes. Well, and then Starvin' Marvin, like with Gobbles. That was just the best thing. But anyway. So, on with the show. Happy Halloween, everybody. Hope you guys are out there having a good time. Today's actually Halloween when we're recording this thing, but by the time you get it, it'll be November 1st. What do we got going on? Where are we going? Going anywhere, going anywhere soon? Doing yeah, fun? we're going to the Big D, and we mean Dallas. Oh, yeah, heading to PCAP. to the Big D. <laughs> yeah, heading to PCAP on uh, Thursday. We arrived Thursday. and going to party all weekend with the Encore folks. Yeah, I'm really excited about that. We're going to go down to Dallas, and Mallory's finally going to get that Big D she's been looking for. Yes. <laughs> So not the not exactly how I envisioned it, but I'll take it. Right. You know, with all the Whatever. struggles I've been having, what the fuck? <laughs> Let's do it. Nah, it's gonna be a lot of fun. But I think the bitch for me is that you know the day job kind of lifted its ugly head, and so now I have to leave Dallas and go out to California, like instead of coming home first. It's been a long stuff. time since we've had to part ways at at a city, like at a destination. Yeah. So no, that's gonna suck. To that. But you know what? I turn around, I literally drop my bags, sleep in our bed one night, and I leave for work too. So that's true. It is what it is. You're, you're going to the Midwest. <laughs> I'm gonna be on this West Coast, and I think the dogs will be back here watching the boy. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. 
I think that's about right. Yeah, something along those He's lines. He's raised himself anyway, so. That's all right. But, hey, for those of you PCAPers that are coming to PCAP Encore, don't worry. Even though we were a late addition, we got some goodies for you. We shipped all that shit ahead of time. I want to give a big thank you to Kate, not only for organizing the event, but for putting our shit together on site for us because we are not there to do it ourselves. Normally, we would have all that ahead of time, and we just didn't. Uh, but we managed to scramble and put together a nice little goodie bag for you guys. Hooray. Huzzah. Hooray. What else has been happening? We we had a, a few really big things happen. Yeah, the Grand life. Spawn is the I first know. one. Yeah, we got to meet her, and she's like the most amazing thing on the planet. Yeah, well, I mean, she's still like borderline larval because she's always wrapped up, and she looks like a little maggot. But No, like, she doesn't. She she looks like she's been hanging out for a while. Like She looks like she came a out a month. toddler. I know. <laughs> she was, she's like a big girl. Yeah, but she's, she's perfect. fucking 10 pounds. I mean, she's huge. But she's perfect. Like everything, like check marks across the board like she's healthy she's beautiful she's sleeping she's eating she's doing all these all right, all wonderful right, right. things uh, everybody out it. there listening to this needs to know <laughs> that this child could have a dick and balls growing out of her forehead and she would still be perfect in Mallory's this eyes. is true this is true I was so just really she'd excited. be this little unicorn with a horn sticking out of her forehead and yeah. you'd be like it's gorgeous yep I perfect love it so much 100 <laughs> percent so that what was super cool it. I did. I, well, not yet. No, no <laughs> actually, so it was funny. Uh, my daughter actually asked that we not kiss her for the first couple of weeks. I guess there's some sort of child uh, flu yeah, going so around. Yeah, so it's called RSV. It's a it's a respiratory infection, and it's really really bad when um, small infants get it. So she's just taking extra precaution, which I totally totally support. And even if I didn't, it's not my fucking kid. So exactly. you just be respectful. Yeah, she asked us not to, so we didn't do it. But anyway, yeah. so but we anyway. are officially like the youngest grandparents in North America or something. But it's not because it's fucked up. I just started young. My daughter actually made it four years longer than I did. Amen. So. And I think there's only 13 or 14 years between her and I. So mm. it's always a hoot when her and I go out places together. That's all right. Yeah. Just wait till I trade you in on 220s. <laughs> Best of luck. I hope you don't have to talk to him. <laughs> That's all right. Anyway, moving hey, on. We went to see The Machine. I am The Machine. Yes, we did get to see uh, Burt Kreischer. Fun fact, we brought friends with us and we had tickets for the next night. Oh, fuck you. You had to call me out for that on the show? <laughs> I thought it was so sweet. I mean, it was an honest mistake. It happens. We rectified it. We just so happened to be able to get tickets on site the same night. Yes, we were out. Some money. It, it, uh, happens, but it we, happens. We had a great time. We got to introduce him to, you know, um, our friends. I think one of them had heard, like, one of the stories before. Yeah. And the other one had no idea. They didn't know what they were in they, for at no, all. No. And I was and watching was their faces. so cool. I was watching their faces as he's telling jokes, like, in anticipation. Like, he's funny as shit, right? <laughs> he's but so Bert's funny. Bert's one of the funniest dudes on the planet, probably because he comes from such an honest place and, a, and just a place uh, that I think we can all relate to. Is kind of like that lovable dumbass. Yeah. And I know that's definitely me. I'm basically Peter Griffin. But uh, I think that he really, I don't know. I, I think he just speaks to the everyman in all of us, which is so great about Bert. And Dave Williamson open for him, who's got a great podcast called Meet Dave, by the way, M-E-A-T, Dave. Uh, he's a great comedian as well. And he does a barbecue-focused podcast called Meet Dave. And if you've never followed Burt Kreischer and you don't know who he is, we'll give him an unsolicited plug. Not that the fucker needs it, uh, but you can check him out on his Burt Cast podcast. That's B-E-R-T cast. Yeah. And he's also on Two Bears, One Cave with Tom Segura, who I don't fucking like. <laughs> I love Tom Segura and I love his wife, Christina P. But he's also got um, like a, a cooking shit that's called Something's Burning that I saw a couple episodes at. I don't like follow it, but I think it's kind of funny. Yeah. Um, That's all right. But we went to Burton. We had a great fucking time. Yeah. And yes, I completely fucked up and took our friends to the show on the wrong night. 
And then I'm standing there going, well, shit, now they're here. They drove all the way up from Tampa. We're in Orlando. I There's a show getting ready to happen. I don't have tickets. So naturally, I walk up to the box office, and this the big fucking sign hanging across the box office is sold out. And you're like, God, and help me. I'm like, me. Oh, bummer. <laughs> so I kind of poke my head down through the window, and I'm like, all right, dude, I got to be honest. So we're, I start, yeah, we're casual swingers, so please give us a, No, I'm kidding. Yeah, right. That's Do you know who I think I am? That is definitely not what I said. Uh, I bent down. I'm like, look, dude, I am the dumbest fucking human on earth. Here's what I did. I got these friends here that came a long way. I'm uh, trying to get my penis touched sometime Right, I'm tonight. hoping that both of these chicks will play with my balls before this night's over with. And you, really, my balls are in your hands, sir. And he's like, could you not? <laughs> I'm like, well, help. So what did he end up doing? He went back. He goes, it is sold out, but give me a minute. He comes back and he goes, I have a table in the balcony. He's like, it ain't cheap, but you can have it. I'm like, sold. And he's like, do you want to know how much? I said, does it matter? And he said, <laughs> good point. The next thing you know, I'm out a few hundred bucks, but we were good to go. You know what, though? And what happened was we were unable to go the next night. So we were um, had... We gave them to listeners. We did. And which friends, I thought was wonderful way. that they'd never been to a show before and had been yes. fans. And they said they had a great time. So I love that we get to give them an experience too. So that was fucking awesome. Yeah, we do have a, a set of listeners that became friends of ours here in Orlando. And uh, I just messaged them. I'm like, hey, we went to the show last night. I've got tickets now. What do you say? And I tell you, I don't think I've ever seen somebody exude that much happiness over text before. Oh my gosh, it was wonderful. We got pictures like on date night as they were getting there. Like it was just fantastic. Yeah, I love it. Which is it. kind of fantastic. And by the way, those same people are the previous record holders for the largest unique condom order ever. That is true. So they're not the present record holders. That belongs to a gentleman from Apex, North Carolina. That but, is true. Uh, yeah, still pretty fucking cool. We're really excited about that. Anyway. What did we do this weekend? This weekend, right up until just this morning, we were in St. Augustine because the beautiful Mallory took me to a concert. I did. I loved like this year's full of experiences. So we went and saw the Kenny Wayne Shepherd Band and Buddy Guy. Now, keep in mind, Buddy Guy, as wonderful as he's that motherfucker's eighty five years old and still getting it. Oh yeah. And by the way, I I I don't know why I love like old black men cussing, but it's hilarious. He gets up there and he's like, I didn't write the fucking song. Yeah, he was singing He was singing a song about essentially trying to please a 19-year-old girl. And I mean, in this day and age, oh, that, is so, that is so not politically correct right now. And people are like, ooh. He's like, what the, f I didn't write the fucking song. Uh, I know, but it was Buddy so Guy hilarious. is so funny in person. And like, he broke a string and he looks like this. He leaves down and goes, shit. <laughs> I mean, but right in the microphone. He, he fucking incorporates the lyrics and, like, makes it his own. And I yeah. broke my damn string. Yeah, he like, actually added good. the, the verse good. to the song about breaking anyway. the guitar string. It was just the best stuff ever. It was so much fun. I love, 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 love Kenny Wayne Shepard. Always have. Uh, one of the best goddamn guitar players on the face of this planet right I now. I was blown away. I was ready to have a good time, but I had no idea how absolutely incredible he was in the guitar. And I think you hit the nail on the head. I know you're a huge Stevie Ray Vaughan fan. Um, I knew who he was before I met you, but I wasn't as invested. And I didn't appreciate him to the degree I do today. And I can absolutely see how he mirrors or has that kind of energy. And he is he's probably the best guitar player I've seen live. Yeah, I mean, unless you've seen I'm not somebody saying, like Stevie, Steve Vai or Joe Satriani. Which I've never seen them live. I've yeah. seen them on TV. Yeah, unless you see them, I don't know that that level of guitar playing is something you can wrap your head around. You know, and like Prince. Prince was an incredible oh, guitar player. Also incredible, player. yeah. Um, Keith Urban, John Mayer, like those guys are mm -hmm. also... Brad Paisley. Yeah, I'm, yeah, that's actually yeah. true, yeah. Yeah, but I would consider John Mayer, Keith Urban, and Brad Paisley a level below. 
Kenny Wayne Shepherd. I I would just because the way he makes the guitar actually sing. Yeah, it's transcendent. He, it it is. And when he did the the Voodoo Child cover. Oh God, yeah. The, that With was the absolutely refrain, incredible. It was great. Like, yeah, I I have goosebumps just thinking about it. It was unbelievable. And, and more importantly, Noah Hunt was on hand to sing for him this weekend, and that just made my weekend. Yeah, for, for like. If you don't know who we're talking about, it's if you've ever heard the song Blue on Black. Yeah, that's, that's Noah it. Hunt. That's what the song they're known for. Yeah, Kenny Wayne Shepherd, amazing guitar player, eh, kind of an okay singer. Uh, he's definitely gotten better over the years. Uh, unbelievable. He's a guitar god. And uh, so as part of the Kenny Wayne Shepherd band, his lead singer is a guy named Noah Hunt. Uh, he wasn't with the band for a while. Uh, they're all back together and reunited, and it feels so good. Yeah, no, that, it was awesome. It was a f- fabulous show. You know, we are swingers. We should probably talk about like swinging, sexy things. Oh, yeah, we probably should. <laughs> we should probably point. get to that at some <laughs> point. Like these motherfuckers don't tell us anything that's valuable. Right, they just get on here and talk about their <laughs> la- mundane ass lives Fucking and all the lame bullshit they do. Yeah, I know. Well, hey, Sorry. before we jump off to that, uh, one quick thing: uh, we do have some PCAP news coming up here in the near future, right after PCAP. PCAP Encore. I oh, yeah. At the end of PCAP Encore, Kate's going to announce the location for Podcaster Palooza 2022. So you guys know we have signed on to host at that event, and it's going to be the biggest one yet. Yes, yes, yes. And are we allowed to say when it is? We are not allowed to say when. We're not okay. allowed to say where. We're really not allowed to say shit, oh, except it's Oh, man. Happening. This... This is tough. Yeah, we're under the gag order for a while. Do you like that gag order? <laughs> I don't have a gag. I know you don't gag no matter what happens. <laughs> I, I mean, if you spit, then I'll gag. But right? that's different. Well, I will tell you this. If the last two sellouts of the last two PCAPs didn't tell you anything, book early. Yes, it's going to be a fabulous time. And I've heard to do Grapevine on the DL. Who else will be joining us for this? And it's going to be amazing. Yeah, I know uh, she was trying to secure all the headliners, um, which I don't know how we rank that high. And I know it's because of the three of you that listen to this show. So we love you guys. Thank you so much for for even considering us in that company. Uh, But we're proud and happy to do it. And as usual, and as we've done with other PCAP events, we're going to try to bring you something that you can't hear here on Casual Swinger. Uh, That's what we try to do for you guys is bring you guys something you can't experience sitting in your car, sitting at home, and that's what we really try to do at PCAP, and we're going to try to do that for you at the upcoming Podcaster Palooza 2022 that that's all I can fucking tell you about. Otay. Otay. All right, well, hey, what do you say we get on with the show? Maybe you tell everybody how to find us, and then we come back and we talk about all the hard, hard hardships you face as a hot wife. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we are Casual Swinger everywhere. Um, you can find us at casualswinger.com and feel free to shoot us a note, podcast at casualswinger.com. If you'd like to find us on social media, we are on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. And you can also find us on the dating sites. That's Cassidy, Double Date Nation, SDC, and SLS. Oh, here we go, folks. We'll be back in just a hot second with Hot White Hardships. You've been listening to Casual Swinger. We're back. You're listening to Casual Swinger. I'm your co-host, Mallory. And I'm still that other guy, Mickey. Hi, other guy. Yeah, well, you know, until I can think of something cooler. Okay. (laughs) So um, I think I'm going to make myself a little vulnerable here. You've done a good job of this this season, and I don't know, I feel left out maybe. (laughs) Oh, I didn't mean to leave you out. (laughs) We were just talking about all the ways that I fall down on the job, and Uh, now you're like, hey, maybe it's me. No, No, it's not you, I promise. Yeah, it's definitely, yeah, it's definitely you. It's not me. 
A hundred percent. Guarantee it. But, you know, no. that's what I told you when you started talking about this episode. I'm like, it ain't fucking you. Well, but let, hold that thought. Though. Okay. Let's let's talk about this. Some of this is going to be conscious stream of thought here. So bear with me. Well, you're driving the bus this episode. I'm going to shut the fuck up. Everybody <laughs> says I talk too much anyway. No, no. I'm, I'm going to need your assistance here to kind of paint some background and some coloring and give like your side too, because I mean, you're privy to pretty much everything we're going to discuss here. And then I'm going to essentially revere our listeners. So, All right, guys, get ready. Mallory's about to expose herself. <laughs> Just give me a trench coat. Without dim titties. <laughs> All right. So lately, I've been thinking a lot about my hot wife journey. And I know we've mentioned it on the podcast. We're going to do slutty summer and horny as fuck fall, right? And frankly, as I take a step back, I'm, I'm actually concerned about my journey here. And I'm forcing myself to to give it some introspection. Um, I, I, I'm starting to see a pattern here, and it's got me it's got me a little te- I don't know tepid, intimidated, questioning my own decision making process. Like there's a lot of question marks that are going through my mind. Well, first of all, when you say a pattern, we talk about that two points makes a line, line. three points makes a pattern. Yes, you're starting to see a pattern. So we're at two points. Essentially two points, but I have other reference points, just not at the same escalation or level as the others. Okay, okay. so what's the pattern? So the pattern essentially is I fuck them and they're ghost. <laughs> they're oh. gone. They're like, Bye. hey, thanks for the ass. Peace. So. Get it? In my head, I'm like, does this happen to other people? Like, is it possible? Like, because, and I'll give you, I'll give the listeners more background here in a second, but like, there's a lot of buildup before we even go out. And then the sex happens like there's there's all these steps that happen before that and i'm like is it possible like i scared them because they caught feels that sounds super narcissistic and i don't intend that to be so i don't know that that's impossible though because especially when you when you get into talking about your dynamic here right so pin that one too also i'm really starting to think that they're not actually single on top of it all which Ooh. I know in at least one circumstance that was the case. Yes. Which is bullshit. Um, but also, like, I'd be a total asshole if I didn't go, well, fuck, maybe it's me. Like, maybe I had to, and maybe I'm a dud in the sack. Uh, maybe incorrect. I, it's, everyone's got their own, are you playing with buttons again? No. Okay. I was just like, there's no way. Like, you're like, am I good in the sack? I'm like, mm-mm. Incorrect. <laughs> Wrong answer. Am I good in the sack? Incorrect. Thanks. Wow. That's you. <laughs> You're right so there. sucking it yourself tonight. <laughs> you fucked that up really bad. I have more buttons. <laughs> but I mean, all right, going back to my point, I have to ask myself, what about the situation is me? Because that is something I can control. It is, but honestly, it's not fair for you to blame yourself. I mean, I, I'm telling you right now, you're otherworldly in the sack. I have been with a disproportionate number of women for the average looking guy that I am. And I'm telling you, you're unbelievable. So I know that's not the case. All right. So I digress. Okay. So my point is that I'm concerned that there's something broken here. And it's either with me, with my methodology, mm-hmm. or my expectations. And I, I just want to talk it out. Because um, I have to ask myself, essentially what I'm looking for is a friend on the regular. And I feel like maybe I'm approaching this all wrong. Okay. So. I mean, that's it's definitely a conversation you should have with yourself. Yeah. So for the listeners, um, what I'm really looking for is a good friend who I can have really great sex with and a friendly rapport. Um, hopefully, 
in the most ideal situation, I'd hope that could lead to possibilities like hanging out vanilla or participating in lifestyle activities with this person. Because let's face it, your travel schedule is really amped up. So sucks. there's there's an opportunity there to befriend someone that could be my companion to some of these things. Mm-hmm. Um, that would be super cool, but it's not my, my expectation out of the gate, you know, and I wouldn't be opposed to like the girlfriend or boyfriend experience with the right person too, but I'm not, I'm not leading with that. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I'll leave the door open, but that's not something like I'm pushing for right out of the gate. So with knowing that, you know, is this an unusual request? Like seeking in a hot wife scenario. I think it actually kind of is an unusual request. Okay. Uh, and, and not, I mean, so I think what you get on the hot wife side of the ball is you either get kind of two kinds of guys. You get the ones that go, I'm a piece of meat and I'm here to serve the two of you, which they throw themselves on that sword because they think it's what they're supposed to do. And that's different. And then you get the other side, which is, you know, I'm going to do something for you that your husband doesn't do, or I'm going to be a bull and he's a cuck or whatever. And that's not you either. So it's kind of like, I don't think, I think this is a little bit of uncharted territory for both sides. Personally, that's just my personal opinion. Okay. And, you know, then I'm sitting here, you know, not that labels fucking matter, but like, is this still hot wifing if this is a dynamic that I'm truly seeking out? Because in a lot of ways, what I'm starting to guess is that traditionally speaking, hot wifing, as I'm talking to these single guys, is very, very fucking transactional for them. Mm-hmm. And this adds other layers of complexity and depth to that. Mm-hmm. And maybe they, I mean, that that could be the grenade that I'm throwing into the ring. Well, I, again, I think there's an expectation in their head of what they're supposed to deliver. I mean, when I was playing as a single guy, mm-hmm. uh, it you know it was definitely what was expected of me that I was going to step in, I was going to do this one thing, and then I'm going to step out, and basically until I get a phone call that I'm needed again, I don't bother them. And that was always weird for me. I didn't like it. That wasn't something I enjoyed, which is why I we don't do that but and we you, haven't. But you felt that that was the expectation of the people you were sleeping with. Very much time. so. Yeah, very much Interesting. so. Interesting. So when you say, is it still hot wifing? I don't like that because I feel like that's, you're asking if the label applies to you. And here's the thing. What you're looking for, it might be unprecedented or maybe it's unprecedented to the person you're talking to, but everything is unprecedented. Everything is impossible until someone does it. Right. And this is the reason I ask. As human beings, we live in relation to other things. And I know no one truly likes labels, but it gives us a point of reference so that we can understand and communicate properly with each other. And I'm thinking if hot wifing isn't the right description, if there's something better that I could use in order to communicate with them so that we are all on the same page, because I kind of feel honestly like my feelings are hurt and like I'm sitting here going, I I feel like I'm doing something wrong here, Mm -hmm. you know, and again, that could just be me trying to take control of the situation. And in some areas, maybe I don't get that benefit. Maybe it just is what it is. Well, let me ask you if I could do it better. I want to. Yeah. Let me ask a different way. Are you clearly communicating your long term interests and expectations to your partners? I include it in the conversation pretty Mm -hmm. much how I described it. Um, but the, the verbiage that I use to kind of close that out, like I'm not opposed to any of this, but you know, I'm all about crawling before we walk a run. Mm-hmm. Like I, I don't have any, you know, 
expectation of you, but if this is good and we have great chemistry and, and good sex, I'd love to be, you know, make it a regular thing, but like, I'm not going to schedule in every other Tuesday, you know, at, at 7 PM either. Like, okay. You know, we all have lives. I try to be like the chill girl. Well, yeah, that's what you're looking for is basically the girlfriend without the bullshit, right? So. Without the added cost and responsibility. Yes. Yeah. All right. Well, I mean, and me, well, to me, I guess that puts it on that would them. Be awesome. If you've been honest and they're like, yeah, that sounds like fun. And then they, then they dip. That means that they just used you and that's not cool. Well, and maybe, maybe I feel like I've, I've been honest and like put it out there, but mm -hmm. maybe I'm just giving myself too much credit too. I don't, I don't know. So let's back this truck up a little bit and explain to the listeners exactly how we get to this point because just vetting singles, I think as we do it as a couple is very, very different. You know, I have, I have uh, a dating app that I use that is not um, the traditional um, dating sites that we list on the podcast. Mm -hmm. You actually vet them for me there. Yeah, I vet them for you on SLS, SDC, Double Date Nation, Cassidy, you name yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. So, and I really like that because it kind of insulates me from some of the um, poor etiquette people have at times. Oh, that's 95% um, of what I get. And because... Here's my penis. <laughs> because I second-guess myself um, probably more than I should... I really enjoy the fact that you have all these gates set up that I'd actually like you to go through and explain to our listeners um, before they even get to me because I feel like it leaves zero opportunity for me to make a bad choice in, in someone you would not approve of, if that makes sense. Yeah, I guess in a way. I mean, I suppose it's some sort of a compliment that I've you know given somebody at least an initial blessing. Right, uh, but it really is superficial. I mean, it's and by superficial, I don't mean looks or this or that or the other. I just mean it. It's just kind of a top level, like okay, they made it through the initial gates. Now you need to decide if you're interested. Yeah, and those initial gates, you know, for me, it's it's not like I have a checklist or anything, but I do look at it. You know, is it, I know that if you had to deal with most of what I deal with on there, you would be like, get me the fuck away from these people. Yeah, it's true. It really is kind of sad, but. You know, first of all, and I, I kind of look at it as 10 things, which is crazy that there's 10. There's 10 gates? Kind of. Wow. Yeah. Okay. I mean, they're this not is 10 not individual gates, right? This is not complicated at all. Well, no, because none of them are real. Like I said, there's no checklist. I had to think about it. But first of all, I know you, right? Very much. Uh, better than anyone on this planet. Backwards and forwards, right? So I know that what you love and dislove, or not love and dislove, <laughs> what you love and dislike <laughs> in the in humanity Okay. You know what I mean? Yep. Like, and I, I can knock off a good number of folks based on the things they don't say in their initial interaction. I think that's more or important. Or on their profile. Yeah. And that's kind of what I look for because I know what you're trying to show me. But when I was a kid, my uncle used to shake a hand and go look at the hand, look at the hand and slap the shit out of me with the other hand. Just and that's, for fun? Oh, yeah, all the time. And so, <laughs> fuck? yeah, he was a dick. But the gist of it, though, is that's kind of how I view how people treat other people. They want you to see what they want you to see, so they make sure that's the thing you're looking at. It's just sleight of hand magician shit. So what I try to do is look for what they don't say in their profile. The less somebody has to say, the less likely we're going to interact. Because if they just get out there and go, looking for fun girl, okay, you're done. You're out. I don't give a shit what you look like. You could be, you know, Shamar Moore. You're out. It doesn't matter. Yeah. You know, which apparently is a guy that you think is beautiful. But, yes, you know, it, it's it's not about looks, but you can tell a lot about the first thing that a person shows you, right? Are they well-dressed? Do they look happy? Are they smiling? Or is it a picture of their dick? Honestly, if you got a picture of your dick as your primary photo, you're out. Bye. See ya, Felicia. Have a nice day. I approve. Yeah. 
Yeah. And the by the way, I, I always, always, always want to hang out with Felicia because she's always going somewhere cool. Yes. But anyway. So you can tell a lot about a screen name too, actually speaking of, you know, Gates. Uh, and for me, I know that what you're looking for is not transactional, ultimately. Yeah. So anybody that's advertising their dick via their screen name or a picture is probably out. If their dick is their best distraction, it's not going to work. So what am I talking about? Like if their screen name is hung 11-inch cock, okay, that's all you got? Yeah. Like, no, you're out. Or giant BBC, out. Right. As a matter of fact, anything BBC's out just because I feel like that's sexualizing or fetishizing race and I'm just against it. So uh, if you know, if you happen to have a giant dick, cool. But I think it's something you can find out or you can allude to in a class or more interesting. I way. honestly feel like the <laughs> this is gonna sound awful. I feel like the only time we need to know how big your dick is is if it's on the under average side so I can make that decision. Really? <laughs> You I may do have think, to take that out of the podcast. Well, I do think like if, if you if if you're really that guy, all right, and you're like, okay, your kidding. name is Tripod One, fine. If you're dragging your dick in the sand walking down the beach, Mallory should probably know ahead of time so she can That's take some fair. Advil. That's but, fair. Because she's gonna do it anyway. She's just gonna take <laughs> Advil. But no, uh, how about this? And this one's actually a really big one for me. Photographs of sex with women. Or multiple women with no condom. Uh, that's a huge one. And yep. boom, gone. That we've actually even seen that with couples before, and my mind is blown because I know it's probably some of it may be taken out of context, but my my germaphobe kicks in, and I'm like, absolutely not. I know that's not his wife, and I know that's the third butthole his dick's been in in this right. series of photos, and I just can't. Well, and so this brings me back to a conversation that I have with my sons. Uh, it goes back to uh, something that my grandfather said to me about Groucho Marx. Groucho Marx said, I would have no part of a club that would have me as a member. Right. And so here's my thing. If somebody looks at you and says, you don't need to wear that condom with me. And all of a sudden in your heart, you go, I'm special. No, you're fucking not. You're not special. If that person will tell you it's okay to not wear it, and it's the first time you've ever had sex with them or the fifth time you've ever had sex with them. You haven't discussed it. You haven't discussed it with their partner that you don't have some sort of an agreement to fluid bonding with that person. There's no fucking way you should be doing it without that condom. And if there's three, four, five, ten pictures of a person sleeping with somebody without a condom, they're out. Yeah. If there's two, they're well, out. Well, and logically, what's the difference between someone who doesn't post those pictures and does? Like, because we Common don't... Common sense? <laughs> but at the same time, we should always assume that they're playing unprotected which is why we insist on playing protected yeah that's actually one of the coolest things i think i i heard uh back when i listened to the swing set uh, and it's nothing against them i just haven't had time to listen but uh it, they said something about i think it was actually cooper said something about just assume that the person you're playing with has a disease and how would you treat it if you if you just assume that they did and i'm like huh. It's terrifying. I probably wouldn't play at all. <laughs> but I was going to say, here I show up in my sexy hazmat suit. Right. Hey. <laughs> Holding a flashlight going, just fuck this and we'll pretend. <laughs> Spraying it with a sanitizer. <laughs> Can I spray your penis with a hand sanitizer? Yeah. No, don't uh, worry. It, 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 burning's normal. Oh, yeah. 
It burns and only heat. in this situation, though. Oh, my God. Okay. Anyway, how about a well-written profile that includes areas of interest that are not sexual? I think that's important for you because you're culturally minded, whether it's music or art or travel. Uh, I think you like to see a little something out of those people. If I don't see it in their profile, they're out. Agreed. And I love that you call it up like, hey, this person is interested in X, Y, and Z. And I think you'd find that really cool, whether or not I have the, the current interest in it, or it would just be something to expand my horizons. Yeah. Or yeah. multilingual. Um, yeah. That's one that usually I'll I'll throw that in the the positive checkbox list. Yeah, or some artist of some description. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So uh, one thing that one thing that I look for when I'm talking to these guys is uh, what's your availability like? And oh yeah, it, this is like the interview process. Like yeah. you've messaged them, and you guys are starting to talk. We're starting to talk this. a little bit, and I'll be like, okay, so you're not available on nights or weekends, and. We're not allowed to text you after 3 p.m. So I'm going with you're married and your wife doesn't know. Ding. For 300, Alex. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much it. If they can't, if there's, honestly, if there's just times, preset times, they can't talk. Everybody's busy. Everybody's got a life. A lot of people have kids because, you know, we're not 19. So a lot of people right. have lives and they can't make this a part of their regular lives. Fine. But if you have, like, I cannot talk after 5 p.m. ever. I can only talk during these preset times. Dude, and- there was a hot firefighter I was talking to, oh, yeah. and it crushed my soul because we got along so well. And then it dawned on me, and it just, like, the fucking light bulb went off because you and I were having a question or conversation. And then you posed a question, and I went, I don't know. So I sent him a message. And I was like, okay, I need to know, point blank, are you single? Are you single and are you married? You said, are you married? And he said, technically. Technically. And I was like, <laughs> fuck. Um, sorry, there's no technically about that. That's like, do you have legs, Lieutenant Dan? No, <laughs> I don't. Well, and <laughs> so. here it was technically, period, no elaboration. Yeah. And I let that message sit there and fester for like two hours. And I was just like, I'm just going to wait That's how see. we left it? Yeah. And I was like, I think... I'm wishing you the best. Is that a turd on my dining room table? Yes, yeah. Well, technically, that yeah. is poop, yes. Yeah. Oh, my why God. Why do you have to talk about poop? I don't know, because it's on brand for us. No, it's not. Please I don't make know it why. stop. There we go. We did it Please. again. All right, so how about if they're uh, travelers? Like, we get a lot of this in Orlando. You know, yes. Okay, I think a lot of people, not a lot of people, let me rewind that. I think it's a missed opportunity for me in many ways to explore traditional hot wifing dynamic because we live in Orlando we get a ton of travelers. All roads lead through Orlando. Exactly. And I just can't wrap my mind around finding that attraction and chemistry and just going for it all in one night. I haven't consolidated it's that. It's just not how you roll. And you know what? I don't think there's anything wrong with this. This is where I see you kicking yourself. Yeah. And this, you know, hardship that's self-imposed. It's okay to not want to meet somebody in bang in the same night 99.99997% of the time. Matter of fact, you and I don't do that in the lifestyle. Yeah. So why the fuck would you do it in hot wifing? It's I not know. who we are. I know. It's just, I feel like maybe that there's some like quiet, ugly little wall that I've built that's prohibiting me from doing that and exploring it in that sequence and in that time frame. Because it really is the perfect situation, especially for people traveling into town. Sure. I don't need to deal they with the bullshit. Right. In theory, it makes a ton of sense. And I would love the opportunity to reap the benefits of it. I just can't mentally and emotionally get there. So and it's kind of like looking across the street as a little kid and going, wow, like that person has talent. Like maybe they're really good at roller skating or basketball. And I'm over here like, well, she can do it. Why can't I? So I, j- I just can't get through that. I don't know. 
Now, I, I think you're right. I just, I don't think that it's something that necessarily drives you. Uh, so last two, and then we'll get back on with the conundrum here, but uh, fishing pictures, like when people have, uh, like, and we love fishing. Yeah, I do. I grew up, my dad was a fisherman. Yeah. So I, I, I love it when someone likes to fish because like in my head, like I could make that a sexy date, which sounds really ridiculous. <laughs> like, you just went out fishing. Out. You just went out fishing. I mean, that would be kind of hot. Yeah. Right. All right. <laughs> Well, all I can tell you is fishing pictures for a primary profile photo, probably not good. Yeah. Uh, just because it, it, yeah. it means that you don't really have normal photos of yourself. and It's okay to have one. Just don't make it your primary. Yeah. I mean, what would you say would be a good primary photo? Like, if you if they only had one photo, what should it be? A, a photo of you, you know, feeling however you feel good about yourself. Well-dressed. You know, look with a smile on your face in your happy place. You know, I mean, yeah. maybe on a boat fishing is it, but that doesn't translate to good conversation or a good person. It doesn't. Tra it doesn't tell me anything other than you. You like to fish. Okay, that's fair. And what I look for is maybe a social setting where you're engaging with other people, or maybe something like the kind of the last thing on the list, which is something that indicates maybe a life of service like a first responder, which is something that you're very attracted to, or <laughs> military. Uh, just when it's clear that I'm talking to somebody that puts other people above themselves, that means you're probably going to have a good time in bed. Yeah, and it's, I mean, it, we use it as a blanket, you know, statement, and I know it can't be true consistently through every single person we run into, but it gives that added layer of initial trust, mm -hmm. I suppose, because they do, they, they put their lives at risks and they genuinely, genuinely care about humanity because you can't be in those positions and do it long term and not give a fuck about other people because yeah. then you're really fucking bad at your job. <laughs> but think about it this way. So at least one of these two people that you've had the situation with have made it through all of this and it still didn't go the way you wanted it to go. Yeah. <laughs> So that's, that's the hardship. So I'm the common denominator. No. <laughs> they couldn't no. be more different. Yeah. So after they get through all those initial gates, what happens next is, you know, they're, they're kicked over to me. And we do this via text. And we've, we've recently adopted that methodology versus a kick or another service. Because if I'm going to leave and reveal myself to them in a very sexual way and be alone with them, the least we can do is give up that part of our anonymity and have a real conversation over text. Yeah. And just for a tip for you guys that are listening out there and are thinking about doing this sort of thing or want to get away from Kick or any of those other services, we use a service called Sideline. And Sideline yes. for 50 bucks a year lets you have a phone number that you and your spouse can share, which means it's one phone number. All texts go to both of you. Uh, it's really, really handy, and I highly recommend it. Yes. And I love that because as we're having conversations, heaven forbid, I've never had a, a scare but just in case, if you you can see the last trans, not transaction, <laughs> I'm stuck on that now. All right, pretty woman. <laughs> you can see the last uh, point of contact. Mm -hmm. And I always share my location with you. Yes. So well, you can see the last point of contact and what, what the context was around it, just in case. So, But you never go in there and read them. I don't know that I've ever seen you in there reading my conversations before. So No, I don't. But... Um, so how it goes, we have a, we have a text conversation. Um, you know, if they have a, a good personality, sense of humor, they're willing to show me face pics, you know, I, I try to book a date after, you know, those initial gates. And sometimes it just takes, you know, a few days. Sometimes it takes a couple weeks, depending on the frequency and the depth of conversation we're able to have. Um, so we get a date in the books and the hard part, or at least I, I thought 
is once you book the date and you meet, we figure out if there's actual chemistry there. Because um, I have yet to have sex on that first initial meeting uh, because I'm usually got some anxiety, got a lot of questions. I want to feel them out. I want to see if that, that I'm, attraction is organic, right? Um, but if that date goes well, then it's on. The next one, we are fucking. I find you booking dates right before your wax to make sure you have a good excuse not to. I've seen you do it like three times now, so I have a pattern. Oh, you know, I think I have been doing that yeah. on purpose. Yeah, maybe it's not in the back con- of your mind. I was going to say not consciously, yeah. but I think I to because I'm like, there's no way I'm going to let him see my homeless person down in my pants. <laughs> so with a first date, we are just talking, maybe a little petting, definitely kissing. We I I almost insist on kissing on yeah. the first date because that's the first preview you get to what sex might be like with him. So, and if you're not a match, kissing, can you imagine sleeping with someone? No. You don't, I can't. It's, yeah, they tongue your nostril or something. Oh my gosh. like, okay, this is not happening. And even if it's good everywhere else, it's like a pet peeve for me because it ruins everything. It catches me. It it will literally draw me out of a moment if I'm having a good time. Ugh, yeah. Not good. Anywho. All right then. Here's where I've had the, the issue and where it stems from. Okay. So I've had two really great executions this summer. And when I say great, I mean fucking fire. Um, we had so much fun in and out of the sack. The chemistry was organic. Um, tons and tons of laugh, which is pretty much how you get my panties off. Like, you make me laugh, you're fucking in. Because I'm a, I'm a tough cookie. <laughs> and they were totally on board, or at least seemingly so with this dynamic, you know, because we had a lot of engagements as far as dialogue and texting and conversation like we couldn't go get a drink and not have and only a drink or or only coffee and not sit there for three hours just shooting the shit Mm -hmm. like it was it was so much fun and then we'd go and have sex and it was like amazing and i don't know like they seem so over the moon about the idea and like i'm thinking about it and my mind's like skipping and frolicking and you know, I'm excited because they have so much potential to be this regular thing, but I, I'm trying not, you know, I'm not putting any pressure on them. Um, but with both of them, it burned so hot and then it didn't. Like, it just fucking disappeared on both occasions and it all happened, like, during the the transition to the next meet. And... You know, we even had vanilla dates in there. If something was wrong, there was multiple opportunities to come out and tell me. Why ghost me? What was the reasoning behind it? Like, literally, there was nothing. No email, no no text, no, no phone call. Just, just gone. fucking gone. And, you know, I'm trying to do, like, the concerned citizen thing. Like, hey, weird, haven't heard from you. Hope everything's okay. Totally fine if you don't have time, just... You know, hope you're all right, and just nothing. 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 Well, I mean, number one, I think this is different than the hardship that most uh, people in hot wifing face, uh, because usually what I hear from listeners is uh, guys who don't show up when they've scheduled a date. That's usually what we hear. 
Mm-hmm. However, in most of those cases, it's when the guy doesn't show up to meet a couple. So there's a couple waiting on them at the bar where the guy's going to sit in the corner and jerk off or whatever, like, which is totally cool. If that's what you want to do. Uh, but I think that is maybe intimidating to guys so they don't show up. I think that's sometimes the case. This is okay. a you and that person one-on-one, which they're almost always going to show up for that until after, like you're saying. But I, I don't think it's fair that you're giving yourself all the, the blame here. First of all, one of those two guys you found on field – so That's I claim true. no responsibility for that. <laughs> that fucker. is true. And I was so fucking proud of myself, too, because I was like, look, I did a thing and he's great. And I guess to his defense, eventually he popped his head back up yeah. and was like, here's what happened. And it fucking turned out that, no, he wasn't legitimately single. No. And part of me, I'm, fu- I'm mad at myself because, again, I had control of that situation. But I'm also mad at him. Like, that's fucking disrespectful. Like, if you weren't clean and ready to be on the market and engage in these kind of situations, you shouldn't have fucking done it. My favorite part about that conversation is you come in and tell me that. I'm like, wait a minute. He messaged you and said, hey, so uh, I wasn't single back then. I was cheating on my old lady. But now I actually am. So we should totally well, hang out. Well, technically it wasn't cheating because of, and, you know, he gave me fucking reasons. And I'm going like, um. I guess it makes sense, but at the same time, no. Like, a decent human wouldn't have led all this time pass. Yeah. Like, treat me like a fucking human being. Yeah. Like, I'm a big girl. I got thick skin. Yeah. That's like, what we call non-ethical non-monogamy, yeah. fucker. Like, <laughs> anyway. tell me what the fuck's going on. Let me make an informed decision. No. Well, it's, it's not okay, obviously. But the other one... You know, I, I kind of give him a little bit more of a pass. First of all, he and I did talk. I know exactly who he is. And, you know, he had said pretty much from the beginning that he was married, but they were separated. And they were planning on not being together. Uh, and they were then they talked, I guess, what you guys were talking, that they were talking about getting back together. Yeah, reconcil- but it was okay. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I think the, the next version of that was, you know, and it's so funny that it happened so close together because I was like, you know, um, I think this is a good human that I'm I'm I've befriended and had really great sex with but I, I feel compelled to be like hey if the terms of your reconciliation like the outcome is that this is no longer a thing I need you to know that I support that like I will not be any drama for you. Yeah, it's exactly like, what you would have said. I I wanted the opportunity to say that and I'm thinking that's probably what happened. And everything just got shut the fuck down without a single word. And that is my biggest problem. This is why I think I'm beating myself up is that person didn't value me enough to give me like, hey, this is the sitch. Yeah, I think that's exactly it. And I think that you would have been totally cool about it. He just didn't do it. And he ghosted instead. And I tell you, uh, I, I don't normally do this, but I just, you know, I know you were kind of invested. You liked him. And I just, he and I had been messaging. So I just brought up one of our messages. All of his profiles are gone. Like he's gone. So that tells me that's probably exactly what happened. He got back with his wife and all he had to do was tell you bye. Yeah. So it's just kind of a dick move, but I don't, I think any of this leads to you being a bad hot wife or bad in the sack or any of the things that you brought up on this episode. There's, I mean, I think there's another layer in there. I mean, obviously, you know, for me, both of these in a lot of way were, there was no indication or reason Right. And, and a why or a, you know, wasn't offered to me. And again, like I, I'm okay with blunt dialogue and I'm okay with, you know, the, the narrative changing because that's what fucking happens in life. It constantly changes, you know, like, you know, you're born, you die and shit changes in between. That's the only three things you can depend on. Right. Um, I just don't know why I didn't deserve that courtesy 
for them. I felt devalued. So I, I kept asking myself over and over and over again, what did I do wrong? What about my expectations? Are my expectations outside the realm of reason for this specific dynamic? And maybe I'm being unfair to them or myself or maybe both in this situation. So I don't know. The last question I asked was probably the hardest one. And I'm going to be completely honest about this. I had to like put myself in check pretty hard because I had to, I had to go like 5,000 feet more back and go, who am I? So I asked myself, why does this bother me so much? Why, why am I kicking rocks? And why is this now a stopgap for me until I figured this out? So the first, first thing I came up with is, my na- a natural fear of rejection. I read both of those as being rejected by those human beings. And it's, that is something I have control of is my thought process and how, how I can triage myself. The second thing is, I think they bested me in a lot of ways. They took that control away from me. And, and that's how I was reading that, you know, it, it took my power, my equity away because I didn't deserve it so now they held the power in the dynamic and all of it because now it's it's cut off it's done I get no say and the last I mean I'll be honest it made me feel used and and a lot less human again like I wasn't afforded that courtesy yeah and to me as somebody that is sworn to protect you and you know be I don't know everything I can be that makes me feel like I failed you because, really? Well, yeah. I'd never let anybody use you. That's well, not unless you wanted to be used. And the, so on the front end, that's what I thought. On the back end, I feel like I let you down. I hope you let that go. Because I had to let those feelings go too. Because just because I, and I was very, very particular in how, in specific in how I, I worded that. I felt that way. It doesn't mean that's how it was. It doesn't mm-hmm. mean that's how they felt. I may never know how they fucking felt. But that's how I felt in the moment. And I think that was a byproduct of essentially the rejection and the power dynamic. It, it really made me feel vulnerable. And when you feel vulnerable, I mean, you go through the the list of insecurities ad nauseum to a point where it's actually, you know, for me, having that little pity party, you know, then I really want to kick myself and be like, get off the floor, bitch. You know, wipe your tears. Get on with life. This is nothing. This is a, a speed bump at best. But... Here's the thing. I want so much to approach the situation in a way that I can do it, do it better. I always, I, I just need to find a way to do it better, but I can't make sex a transaction. So there's got to be more to it for me, you know, in the game. I, I need a baseline foundation of trust. Um, I need that to, in order to relax and open up and enjoy myself. I need that to communicate effectively with my partner and let them know what I want and what makes me happy and what makes me get off. And vice versa, I need to have that trust in order to ask them those questions because those are very personal questions. Yeah. If I don't like you, know you, trust you, it's really fucking hard to ask. Um, but that requires an extended period of time outside an initial meeting. So a one and done is just never going to be my thing. I just don't think I'll ever be comfortable with that. I mean, there's been maybe an occasion or two that it's kind of happened that way, but we've all, it's also been in an environment where we're isolated and have been in this like pressure cooker with people. So the, the pace you get to know someone's also escalated. Mm-hmm. So anyway, can, 
can you before I go into my last diatribe here, can you tell me what the hell I'm doing wrong thus far? Well, I, I think it's a couple of fold and, and I don't think you're doing anything wrong, honestly. It's zero is is the answer. If I had to answer it in a word, mm -hmm. it's nothing. Mm -hmm. You're not doing anything wrong. You just have a different expectation of what you're looking for than what some people might have in their mind as what's expected of them in this particular case. I can tell you in my time playing solo, things are very hard for for guys in this space. Uh, and, and and it I know it sounds like boo-hoo, you get to sleep with, you know, women and it's amazing. But, you know, mathematically, if you just kind of think about this, just think about what's available out there. Okay, so there are only so many women in this world. You know, let's just say, we'll, we'll call it out of 100 women. Let's come, we'll make it easy numbers. Easy so, numbers. Easy numbers. It. So there's 100 women in this world. And of those 100 women in this world, 80% of them will not sleep with somebody that's in a relationship or married. Okay. Ethically or not. Okay. Now it's 20. Okay. Now there's 20 so women we have in 20, this world. 20 women. Yes. Now there are 20 women in this world that will sleep with somebody. Okay. Now the average guy, the average guy, if, if uh, one out of 10, one to 10, average is five. Okay. Average guys are five. Okay. That means of the 20, now there's 10. Now there's 10 possible women that might sleep with the five. Because they're also fives? No, because that's just the way that their standards roll. Like, okay. Right? That... If, if, so let's five say, is the least to accept. That's it. Okay. So now you just knocked off a shitload more of it. So now there's 10 chicks left on the face of this planet that will sleep with somebody. Who's a five? That, that is a five and also ethically non-monogamous or in a relationship. Okay. So what I'm saying is the pool's fairly fucking small. And now granted, you could be a six, a seven, an eight, or a nine, or like some of the dudes I've talked to can think you're a 10. I promise you, bro, you're not. All right. But women love confidence which means you better believe you're an eight or a nine, even if you're a five, because you have to convince her of that. You have to convince her you have value and that you should be spending time with me. You're and talking I, about big dick energy. Well, yeah, a little okay. bit. But more importantly, what I'm trying to tell you is in the lifestyle of those women, of those hundred, that we knock down to 20, that we doc knock down to 10, there just aren't many of them that are the smoke show that you are. And I know that I am obviously biased because I married you and got you off the fucking market as fast as I could. Uh, the idea that there are w many women out there of your intelligence, humor, kindness, sexiness, quality in bed, the things you bring to the table, I promise you, they're not leaving that. They have something else they're running from. The math doesn't hold up. Math tells the story. Binary can tell you everything. There's 10 types of people in this world, people that get binary, people that don't. So it's just one of those things. And what I'm saying is you can explain everything with math eventually. Okay. And math says you're wrong. Okay. Well, I appreciate that. And I love you dearly for it. And I will do my best to digest that and and take it for face value. Yeah, that's I, what I, you're I'll, doing wrong, actually. Is yeah. you're, just, you're, you're discounting the math. Okay. All right. Because That's the fair. reality is you have two points of data that are very different. You got two people that came from very different places. One of them was actually more honest than the other one. And he just bailed like a bitch. He didn't actually lie to you. He told the truth. He just bailed like a bitch. The first one was a lying sack of shit. So I don't have any, and I had no allegiance to that guy because I never talked to him. But honestly, for the most part, you do pretty well. And even when you walk away, you say goodbye. You say, I, you know, this isn't going to work out for me, but I really enjoyed talking to you and making friends with you. And I hope we can chat every once in a while. Yeah. You're not a dick about it. They are. It's yeah. not on you. So, 
I appreciate that. But here's my thing. I also think, so we've presented this problem and I need some sort of solution or resolution. I need a next step. I need a takeaway. I need to do something actionable. And the only thing I've come back to time and time again, and please don't kick my ass over this, hear me out, is I need to lower my expectations. <laughs> okay. No, 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 no. Okay, no. I'm going to be quiet. Okay. No, hear me out. Um, so I, I know you can attest to this. I, as a human, have unreasonably high expectations of other people, which is why traditionally my circle of friends, the people I hold close, is very, very small. Because I set a bar so fucking high and then I walk away feeling disappointed by other people. And in most cases, and I'm talking 99.9% of them, without these people ever knowing the terms of these expectations, it's all in my head. And as an adult, I have worked really fucking hard to improve that because it's not fair. And it's I've missed opportunities to genuinely connect with other people. I have missed opportunities to have open conversations with people. I don't want to be that person, but it is something that could very much be second nature if I'm not conscious of it. So um, I know it's a shortcoming. I know I have to balance that and let more people in. Um, I also think it's very possible that my method involves way more emotional and mental cycles than these people are really prepared for, these guys. I mean, when you think about it, they have systematically been conditioned or um, have welcomed this dynamic as, you know, hot wifing for it being most of the time, and I'm just summarizing this, that it's very, very transactional, that none of these other factors typically are involved in it. Um, so my method and desire is actually the anomaly. It's it's more time-consuming, um, you know, occasional to frequent conversations and, and like touching base, maybe that's a little too much. Maybe, maybe I need to tone that down. Maybe I need to step back just a little bit, you know, cause if they wanted like a real life girlfriend, they'd probably have one, you know, in that situation. And maybe the steps I'm taking and the demands I have or the expectations I have are way too close to that for that situation. So maybe I, and maybe it has something to do with my insecurities that I need all these little gates, you know, uh, put in there and in, in order for me to press go. Well, maybe that's something you could add. If you want to talk about something you could do differently, add to your, you know, litany of things that you talk about with these people that go, Hey, at some point this thing's going to end because yeah. you're going to fall in love with somebody or someone's going to fall in love sure. with you that is not okay with this relationship. Sure. All I need you to do is let me know. Yeah. And, um, yeah, no, that's absolutely fair. And Start I love that. End. Start with the end. I, I, I fucking love that. Noted. I'm going to use that. And I also know that some of these conversations could be, you know, kind of steered toward like a poly light conversation. And I don't think we have the time for that today. We don't. So um, we'll, we'll chew on that and maybe get back to it at a later time. Um, and oh my God, I just fucking thought about the guy I'm talking to right now. Oh, um, yeah. yeah. That's right. That guy. He just, yeah. actually, he's one that ghosted. He's one that ghosted. In, but but you never had sex with him. Never had sex he just with, went away. No, we were planning a date and then like he got busy and I got busy and we, he kind of ghosted and then he came back and he was like, yeah, funny story. So I ended up getting really serious about this girl and had to step away and I'm going, huh, this happens for a lot. Does 
Well, <laughs> yeah, I think for a lot of these guys, the lifestyle is the thing they do between girlfriends. Yeah. And again, it's like, cool. If that's what you're looking for, you want to get married, fall in love and do all that shit. Great. You know, you don't have a relationship going on. Just be honest. Just tell me, hey, I met somebody and I'm trying to see where this goes. Be like, cool. We're still friends. Mm-hmm. Shoot the shit anytime. Send a joke. Send a meme. Let's have a good time. Oh my God, please send jokes. I love jokes. Yeah, exactly. But don't don't just like disappear. Let me know you're gone because I'm not going to book Fridays for you anymore. If that's yeah, the right. So and fun fact, I did book a, a date with that guy. That oh, goes yeah, and came right. back. Yeah. So I'm going to see him this week. Just to shoot the shit and say hi. Because I feel it's very important for me to try to lift some of those gates. And, and let me be very clear. My standards of the quality of human, I'm not going to compromise on. But the gates that I've set forth, you know, maybe taking a step or two away to kind of see how it goes. And if I'm not comfortable, I'm definitely not doing anything that I'm not 100% in for. You know, I'm still the owner of my own actions. But I want to try to lift some of those gates to see if I have different outcomes at this point. Speaking of outcomes, I'm going to ask you a question uh, that we have not talked about. This is not written down anywhere, folks. Oh, shit. This is going to put Mallory on the spot for you. But it's important because there's some of you out there that are thinking about hot wifing, talking about hot wifing, are are in hot wife relationships and have not asked yourself this question. You have two points of data, Mm -hmm. two interactions that did not work out the way that you wanted them to. Mm -hmm. Do you regret them? Oh, shit. No. Uh, no, I don't regret them. Okay. No, because I had a good time. I enjoyed their company. And if I regretted them, that means I want to wash that whole thing away. It's just the end. The end is the part that sucks. Isn't the that the part we usually regret? Mm, yeah, I suppose so. But yeah. I can't. Re- so for regret for me was an inaction or action that I took that I'm responsible for. Part of me hopes they regret it. Does that make sense? Well, that's what regret is. It's regretting the things you didn't do, not the things you did. Yeah, I mean, selfishly, like, there's a part of me, maybe she's kind of a shitty little brat. It's like, I hope they kick rocks thinking about how great our sex was and that they never got to do it again. Right, or maybe she just can't suck dick for shit, right? I don't know. (laughs) That was really mean. You should edit that out, please. No. I don't need people knowing I'm that kind of an asshole. I don't think you're an asshole. I think that it's okay to be a little bit jaded that somebody didn't have the courtesy to say, hey. Uh, I can't do this thing anymore, but I still want to, you know, be friends or I can't even be friends with you because I can never let this person know this happened. And at that point, now we got an issue and go, look, I'm not going to tell them, but you should be a better human. Yeah. Right. And because now, you know, I think that that makes you compromise your worth and your worth is priceless. I love you and you're biased. (laughs) I'm not because that was not just talking to you. That was talking to every woman that's listening to the sound of my voice right this minute. Oh, your worth is priceless. No one should devalue you. And if something you're doing is devaluing you or making you regret what you did, you should not do it. Correct. It's my personal, that's that's deep thoughts by Mickey Casual Swinger. Yeah. Fuck those bitches. This is Russia. <laughs> right, anyway. You bust out Bert, but hey, <laughs> look, that's the hey, Hot Wife you, Hardship episode yeah. as brought to you by the beautiful yeah. Mallory. Yeah. So, you know, and I mean, I pose this question to you, but if our listeners, if any of you out there have thoughts on this subject or have experiences that you want to share, or hell, give me a couple tips if you're like a, a pro in this sector and, you know, you see some parallels here. I'm, I'm a fucking open book. You know, this is still a little bit of uncharted territory for me as I'm trying to navigate where I sit and, you know, who I am in this. Like, I think I know, but I, I feel like my approach is and my methodology is a little broken. Yeah. Yeah. So... Uh, we're going to bounce out of here. We're going to come back with Whiskey of the Month, which is that segment that you guys messaged us so 
much about recently. We got so many messages about Whiskey of the Month. Uh, it turns out it's a segment you guys were looking forward to. It's a thing we happen to know a lot about. So November's Whiskey of the Month is coming up because by the time you listen to this episode, we will be in the month of November. But before we jump to that, we're going to do two things. First of which, I'm going to give a shout out to a special listener that sent us a message that absolutely blew us away. It made our week. It was regarding the hormones episode. Bradley, if you're out there and you're listening, we appreciate you so much. And, you know, I'm not going to give any more details than that, but you know who you are if you're listening to this. And I'm so happy for you and your wife. I can't even tell you. Woohoo! So welcome to your new lives, kids. There it is. (laughs) Welcome to the new you. And hey, Mallory, why don't you tell everybody where to find us? We'll come back with Whiskey of the Month. Yeah, I'll be under a rock uh, after revealing myself and feeling vulnerable. That's where you will (laughs) find me. Um, Actually, we are Casual Swinger everywhere. Casualswinger.com. Feel free to shoot us a message at podcast at casualswinger.com. We'd love to hear from you guys. We are on social media. That's Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram. And you can check us out on the dating sites. Double Date Nation, SLS, SDC, and Cassidy. There it is, folks. We'll be back in a hot second with this slightly extended version of Casual Swinger. Uh, well, yeah. You've been listening. Casual Swinger. Welcome back to Casual Swinger one last time. This is still your co-host, Mickey. And I'm Mallory. And this is that segment you guys have decided you like so much. And I tell you what, when we realized you guys were listening and you were really into this, we kind of agonized over it a little bit. We're like, shit, now we got to be really careful which ones we pick. It was picking my favorite child, which again, I totally have one. But (laughs) Well, anybody that's been to the casual bar knows we have over 180 whiskeys in the casual bar itself. Yes. So it's we have a lot of whiskey here. We're definitely a whiskey house. Maybe one of these days we'll throw you guys a bone and do a tequila. We debate, I think you and I ba- debate whiskey way more than we debate politics. Oh, we don't talk house. politics in this house. So. Oh, we do. But well, yeah, maybe me getting mad about something I saw on the TV. But anyway, without further ado, this is Whiskey of the Month. Candy is dandy, but whiskey makes you frisky. And Whiskey of the Month, this month's Whiskey of the Month is Blade and Bow. Oh, this one excites me to my core because I am a devout Blade and Bow drinker. Um, Little background on this tasty, tasty whiskey for you folks. So Blade and Bow is produced at the original site of the iconic Stitzel Weller Distillery in Louisville, Kentucky. That's Louisville. uh, (laughs) I'm from Florida, okay? Okay, mine is Louisville. Slugger. Louisville. Louisville. Whatever. <laughs> the original uh, distillery closed its doors back in 1992, and uh, Diageo yes. reopened the facility in 2014. In regards to the origins of the Blade and Bow name, it actually represents the two parts of a skeleton key, which I didn't know this. This is fucking cool. Um, so the blade shaft and the ornate bow. Diageo states that the Blade and Bow brand is a tribute to the five keys that once actually hung on the door of the Stitzel Weller Distillery, which those stand for the five steps and making bourbon, grains, yeast, fermentation, distillation, and aging. That's right. And anytime you buy a bottle of Blade and Bow, much like the venerable or legendary Blantons, yes. they, each one comes with a key. Each key is numbered one through five. The object is to collect all five keys. I have 530. We have hundreds of those. <laughs> just kidding. Keys. We have a ton of those keys. I uh, love because it. Because we love Blade and Bow. Yeah. However, what a lot of people don't know is there is a sixth key. 
<laughs> and in order to get the sixth key, you have to buy something that you cannot buy, generally speaking, which is Blade and Bow 22 year. Yeah, it's a and $600 that's ex- bottle. It's a fucking ridiculous. It's crazy. Yeah. Uh, but the Blade and Bow bottles are 50 bucks. You can get those for $49.99 at just about anywhere in this country, and I highly fucking recommend you do. We were um, just in Virginia, and it was 42 Oh my God, what a deal on that whiskey. So just to talk about it a little bit. So unlike its older brother, Blade & Bow 22 year that I just mentioned, the standard no age statement, Blade & Bow is produced by utilizing something called the Solera aging method. Now, this is all new to me. I love this. This is so fucking cool. Sorry to interrupt. It's okay. This is just really unique. So you guys need to pay attention for this one because there's only two major whiskeys in the United States that are made via this aging method. So according to Diageo, some of the latest bourbon produced at Stitzelweller is used in their Solera system. They state that older bourbon from Stitzelweller is is mingled with other younger whiskeys. No barrel is ever fully drained, ensuring that the oldest bourbon is always present. So let's talk about what Solera is. Okay, so that's like marrying the ketchup bottles and yes, like food service. Like very there's much. ketchup in there from like 15 years ago. Yes, yeah, 100%. But as time goes on, <laughs> it's less and less, right? Yeah, right. Uh, so what Solera aging is, is in its most traditional form, a Solera is a fractional aging and blending method. They use a tiered system of barrels. If you can think of like a pyramid of barrels, the tiers are actually called criadera. It's a Spanish word. Young wine is blended into older wine to allow them to mingle and age together. Notice I said wine. Wine is actually where this process was pioneered. Wine distillers were actually aging wine in barrels, and they would use Solera to create blends. So a whiskey distiller decided to give this thing a try. Over time, it's transferred through the top and the middle layers of the Solera system until it reaches the lowest criadera. Once the barrel reaches this bottom tier, its contents are ready for bottling. And it's an advanced aging method. There's only two whiskeys in America that do that right now that you can buy regularly, one of which is Blade & Bow. The other is Hill Rock. Hill Rock is $100 a bottle. So this bottle is not only fantastic, but it's a bargain. It is. It's it's really a fantastic value for the dollar because it's an exceptional sipping whiskey. And for me, that's traditionally how I drink it. I either drink it neat or on the rocks. Let's talk about the flavor real quick. Yes. What do you think of it? So the reason why this is important, because like Blade & Bow, it's a very light and airy uh, bourbon to drink. It shows off the like peach honey with a very light oak note. I'm not a big oaky fan. Like mm-hmm. a double oaked bourbon really has to shine for me to like it. Mm-hmm. Um, it smells a lot hotter than what it is, which means you get that little acid tingle like in well, your ethanol. nostril. Yeah. Um, and it's a it's a little bit of a surprise being ninety one proof, I because agree. you would expect it to be a lot hotter on the front portion. Um, the fruit notes kind of carry over to the palate. It's got a little grain spice to it. It's it's really a masterful balance. It makes it super easy to sip on. So even if you're traditionally not a neat or rocks person, person, this is something you could potentially sip on without a mixer. And I encourage you to do so, especially when you first try it. Yeah. And something I want you guys to know, because you, you guys heard us say in the lead into this segment, Stitzel Weller. Weller. Hear that part, because it's important. It's, Some of the Stitzel, royalty. Yeah. The Stitzel Weller originals are almost impossible to get. And some of this goes into every bottle of Blade & Bow. Now, of course, they don't say how much. So chances are it's a fairly small piece of that whiskey. But that very whiskey goes into the Solera that makes Blade & Bow what it is. What I'm saying is, at least on some level, that Blade & Bow is a sleeper weller. I would agree. And that's just 
Fucking wicked. We don't know how much, but it's in there. The pedigree and the work involved in this should easily be a $100 bourbon. But it's not. It is if you buy Hill Rock. You know, so this is easily one of our favorite whiskeys at the casual bar. And uh, I think if we had to say anything about Blade and Bow, what would it be, Mallory? Um, that it's definitely one of our favorites. It's yeah, a staple. Bottoms up, bitches. Yeah, <laughs> bottoms up. No, sip it. Don't take it to the face. <laughs> dork i love you that's all right well hey that's it for whiskey of the month and that's it for this episode of casual swinger only thing left to do is for mallory to tell you about our upcoming episodes and we'll get out of here yeah yeah uh coming soon guys i don't know if it'll be the very next episode we're gonna do our best but we have a couple really awesome ones coming up we're gonna have the breast episode ever we're gonna be interviewing my titty doctor dr plank so look forward to that here in november and uh have a game show episode coming down the pipeline for you guys we're still looking for contestants for that game show too so we'll get back to you and we know who's going to be joining us (laughs) yeah well and logistics too so i'm gonna get out my best like game show host voice too all right we need to watch some pat sajak and some monty hall all right i heard dana's a slut so you gotta do your thing okay anyway all right say bye to everybody bye everybody all right folks we'll catch you next time you've been listening to casual swinger. Love you, bye.